Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Hello, friends, and welcome to Fire on the Earth. I'm Pete Barak, filling in for Peter Herbeck this week. I'm excited to be with all of you. Happy New Year. 2024 is off to the races, and uh, I'm entering the year choosing to believe that Jesus is Lord. The gospel still works. The Holy Spirit is moving on the face of the earth, and he has great things for us this year. And some of those great things may come from suffering. Some of those great things may come from blessing. But at the end of the day, he is walking with us. He loves us, and we have the great privilege and honor to be his disciple. And uh, that should be our source of joy and hope as we begin the new year. Yesterday, we started a, a little bit of a the week on looking at this big question, this eternal question, this extremely consequential question, which is, what must I do to be saved? And so today we're going to pick it up with this idea that um, in order to properly and honestly ask that question of what must I do to be saved, what's implied in that is the belief that we even need a savior, <laughs> that we need to be saved from something. Or another way to put that would be we need to be saved for something. That there's a condition, there's a problem that needs to be fixed, that needs to be rectified. There's a, a brokenness that needs to be healed. And so what I want to do today is we're going to look at two well, two or three passages from Ephesians and John, and if we get to it, Romans. And we're going to just look at, okay, what does the scripture reveal to us about salvation here? And this is a short show. We don't have time to break down every different papal document and father of the church and all the great writings of Aquinas and Augustine that have talked about all these things. And I'd highly recommend that you, you dive into this topic if, it, if it's intriguing you and that there's a, a sense of, of longing for a greater understanding of what the church teaches on this. So for this week, we're just going to focus on primarily Jesus's words in the Gospels. What is he teaching us about salvation. And as a reminder of why we should start here, and as a reminder of how we should approach sacred scripture, listen to this quote from Dei Verbum, section 11, where the church reminds us of the primacy and the power and the importance of sacred scripture. So here's Dei Verbum. Therefore, since everything asserted by the inspired authors or sacred writers must be held to be asserted by the Holy Spirit. So in other words, what you're reading in the scriptures that was written by the inspired authors and sacred writers was asserted by, was prompted by, was originated from the Holy Spirit. Because that's the case, it follows that the books of scripture must be acknowledged as teaching solidly, faithfully, and without error, that truth which God wanted to put into sacred writings for the sake of salvation. Why does the scripture exist? Well, there's a lot of different reasons. But one of the reasons, and what Dei Verbum is highlighting right here, is God asserts these truths so that we as a church can teach solidly, faithfully, and without error what he wants us to know about salvation. 
the church has received, truth has been revealed to us that is solid, faithful, and without error. And we know, we believe this truth emanates from, is contained in, and is the source material of truth here is these sacred scriptures. And they're not just as a life enhancer. It's not just a roadmap of, of behavior modification. It's saying the truth found in scripture was put in there by God so we would know firmly, faithfully, and without error what God says about salvation, what is true about salvation. And so when we read these scriptures, we're not just kind of taking it into consideration. We need to take it to heart. We need to believe what we hear here. We need to meditate on what we see here. We need to allow the sacred scriptures to transform our hearts and our actions and our thoughts. This whole thing that I'm talking about, diving into sacred scripture to understand what God actually says about salvation, this is not a trivial or even optional exercise. This this is not an exaggeration. To know this and to believe this literally impacts our eternal destiny. And so our posture before the revealed word of God should not be one of skepticism, should not be one of self-determinism or kind of of a, of a pride to say, hmm, I hope what I read here matches up with what I believe, or I hope what I find in here can confirm what I already think about things. Or, well, my feeling says that this must be true, so if it's not found in Scripture, then really my feeling is more accurate. No, 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 no. No, when we come before the sacred Word of God here, our posture is one of humility and receptivity. And honestly, if if Jesus' teachings are difficult to understand or make us feel a little uncomfortable or a word for my generation awkward that's something that needs to change in us not something that needs to change in scripture the church doesn't need to change and should not change its teachings her teachings to accommodate me and my feelings and what i would like to be true no when I need to come before the Word of God saying, reveal to me the truth of who I really am. Reveal to me the truth about life. Reveal to me the truth of heaven and hell and judgment and all that so that I can conform to it. So I can be transformed by this truth. And when we find ourselves uncomfortable or awkward or misunderstanding or not understanding what we're reading, the best response should be to say, Lord, help me understand. Holy Spirit, Heal my heart where it's broken that I, I don't want to believe this. Holy Spirit, release in me greater faith to believe that this is true and good and beautiful for my life. So I say all that so that when we enter into God's word over the next couple of days and next few minutes, that we do it as humbly and patiently and peacefully as possible. So that we don't, again, try to conform God's vision to my vision. No, I conform my vision to his. All right, so... Like I said, we're going to spend most of our time with Jesus in the Gospels, but listen to Paul first here, just kind of lay out why we need a Savior and how that Savior is Jesus Christ. This is Ephesians 2. And you he made alive when you were dead through the trespasses and sins which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the air, the power of the air, 
the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And he says all this. Listen to this. Among these, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of body and mind. And so we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We were by nature children of wrath because of original sin. We were entered into this world separated from God, trapped in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of our body and mind. So then listen to what God does. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Praise God. So what has God done? He has seen the condition of the people he loves, the creation that he made in his own image and likeness. That in giving us the capacity to love him came with it the capacity to reject him. Free will. And all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have rejected his grace from one time or another. All of us were born into this world, separated sons and daughters of wrath. And so God, in his mercy, in his love, in his generosity takes on human flesh and Jesus enters into the world. And now a familiar passage to just corroborate what Paul just said so that we don't think it was just St. Paul being a crazy person. No, this is everything St. Paul just said in Ephesians we see in the Gospels. But here's a verse you've heard many times from John 3.16, but listen to it again in light of everything we've been talking about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God sent the Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and that men love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does what is true comes to the light, that it might be clearly seen that his deeds have been wrought in God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Why? So that anyone who believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus wants, in his in his teaching throughout the Gospels, he's trying to help people recognize that the world, the flesh, and the devil are aligned against God. That the world, the flesh, and the devil are fallen. They're broken. They're evil. And most of the time in the Gospels, especially in John, he's just kind of categorizes this as the world. That we were once of the world and now we are of Christ. Like in John 8, he says, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you will die in your sins unless you believe that I am he. In other words, he's, he's saying, again, 
I am the hope, I am the salvation, I am the savior that can bring you out of the brokenness, bring you out of the curse, bring you out of the destiny that leads to damnation. I am the one through my death and resurrection, through my blood, through my life, and ultimately through my light, I will shine in the darkness of your life and bring you out of the darkness into the glorious life that is God's, that he extends to all mankind, to anyone who says yes, to anyone who repents, to anyone who receives his mercy. You know, sometimes it's a little hard for me to fully grasp the horror of my sins. Sometimes it's, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a good person, I'm doing okay, you know, I'm not doing anything, it doesn't seem to be radically bad. But part of what faith helps us realize and the light of Christ shining in our hearts helps us realize it's not so much that we then fall into despair because we're so miserable and wretched. No, the light of God shines into our hearts so that we are convicted that we really need a Savior. And it's good news that he cares enough about us, that he loves us enough to not let us languish in the darkness, not let us wander in some sort of twilight, but wants to bring us into the fullness of his light, the fullness of his life. And that process is only accomplished through Jesus and in what he established, that being the church. That Jesus begins this process here on earth, he dies and rises again, but then he leaves behind the church in order to perpetuate this in all those who believe. That we are his body on the earth to bring this about in others. All right, we'll pick it up again tomorrow. I'm Pete Burak filling in for Peter Herbeck. This is Fire on the Earth. God bless. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.